welcome back to the Your Project Shepherd Construction Podcast. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about landscaping and what that costs and how that ties into successfully planning your project. And with us to talk about that today is our guest, Elliot Owen. Uh, he's the business development manager with Hogue Landscaping. Uh, Elliot, thanks for being with us. First of all, thanks for inviting us out, man. Appreciate being a part of this and and uh, getting to you know talk a little bit about ourselves and learn more about what you guys do as well. So Hogue Landscape Services is a uh, is a full service landscape architecture design, installation, and maintenance firm. So we have two licensed landscape architects on staff. Uh, we also work with three or four other independent designers, and then. Uh, we have four full-time install crews and five full-time maintenance crews. So, uh, you know, 26 trucks all over the city of Houston, and uh, we can help you with as little or as much as your project at your home as, as you're looking to help. Are you guys doing um, residential and commercial? Are you doing big and small? Kind of what, what things do y'all cover? Yeah, we do a little bit of everything, but I would say our bread and butter, we're 90% residential. I would say high-end residential, but when it comes to landscape architecture design, there really isn't a a low end, right? Um, anybody that's paying for, for designs and installations is, is, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of in a different realm. So before we get into to our discussion, one thing that you and I were chatting about before we, uh, started recording was, uh, Hogue and, uh, what you guys support or how you support the community and how you support education. And I think this is fantastic. I just wanted to touch on it real quick, recap our previous discussion for our guests about, um, you know, uh, your passion, Matthew, the owner's passion, sure. and uh, how Hogue supports you know education and the community. We are only here because the community supports us, and what better way to say thank you than give back to the community? Uh, I graduated from the University of Houston, and so did Matthew, our owner. And uh, youth and education are two initiatives that are near and dear to to Matthew and Laura Hogue. And uh, you know, there's probably a hundred different organizations that, that we donate to or sponsor or assist with, but just the, the rodeo, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which just, you know, concluded. And then the University of Houston over the past three years, uh, we've been able to donate almost just near a million dollars to uh, youth and education initiatives. And that's something that uh, I'm very proud of, very proud to be a part of an organization that, that cares about the community and, and is willing to. Uh, you know, give back. Obviously, owners could take that money and go and buy them a new car or, you know, go on more vacations. But, you know, we try to invest our, our profits back into the company, you know, to our employees, and then obviously into the community as well. And that's fantastic. Well, let's get into our discussion about landscaping and kind of what that costs. You know, first of all, I've seen so many new homes that get built where they put so much money into designing the new home, building the new home, and then the landscaping is almost like an afterthought. Yeah, uh, you'll see like a, this beautiful big home with um, just like a little row of shrubs in front, maybe a little uh, bed bed color, some flowers, and some sod, and that's it, right? Right. Um, so they just totally skimp on the landscaping side. Why do you think this happens? Like, is is it just because people don't plan for it? Do they not value that during the design process, or or, or maybe just they they just blow their whole budget on the house? I mean, it could be all of those things. Um, it could be none of those things, right? But I think that. Sometimes it may it may just be that the designer and the architect that they wanted that simple clean look that the client was requesting uh, low maintenance or you know something to that effect, or it could be that they the builder had overruns and landscaping is the last thing that happens and you know oh I went twenty five grand or fifty grand over on my build where where can I 
pull that out of? Well, we don't have to have 10 trees on site. We only have to have two per the, you know, the, the guidances or the, the standards for the area. So let's just do that. And I think not being involved, a lot of builders, they don't necessarily bring landscape design or architecture into the process. At the same time, they're thinking about other design and when they're talking about budgets. And I think, you know, where we help bring value to custom builders specifically is we can educate the client, talk to them about what they're wanting to do with their outdoor spaces, figure out what their budgets for those type of projects are, whether it's a new build or a remodel. And uh, I think the earlier we're brought into the process, the better we're able to, to, you know, to help those things out. You know, one of the things that we always talk about is involving all the right players in the process er early on at the beginning. So, you know, how, how early do you guys like to be engaged? I mean, I'll say I I like to bring the landscape designer on at some point during the architectural design. Yes, that would be, that would be the case. I mean, it's even getting to the point now where ASID, the American Society for Interior Design, right? They've got all their designers talking with landscape architects because the flow between the outside of the home and the inside of the home needs to be proper. And if you just design the inside of the house and then landscaping's an afterthought, when we're talking millions of dollars for homes, you know, the, these little details matter. Um, they matter to the clients, uh, whether they know it or not, you know, later on down the line, the, the last thing you want as a company or a custom builder is to have somebody have buyer's remorse or not be completely happy with their purchase. And I think planning uh, goes a long way to preventing those kind of issues. You know, the earlier in the process that we can get involved, I think is the better. I think people want to have kind of a uh, an overall vision for the project. They want to the house, the, the landscape, everything to kind of be harmonious to, to all work together. And that's not going to happen unless all those parties are working together at the beginning. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess it can happen if you bring that in later on, you're going to have the most success by having all those parties at the table at the beginning. I agree, 100%. So here in Houston, especially, we have like this uh, this cheap labor market. And I think that people uh, oftentimes will kind of skip the, the professional design, professional installation, because kind of everybody, at least here in our, in our market, kind of knows a guy. Everybody's got like a yard guy who also can put some plants in for you. Sure. You know, hey, man, I, I get a discount at the nursery. I have a good eye for doing this. And so people often are like, like rely on this guy working out of his truck mm -hmm. to do that. And, you know, and for certain for certain price range of homes, of course, I think there's a place for some of that. You know, not not everybody can afford high end landscaping or a high end custom home, right? Sure. But but some, sometimes that works out, and sometimes it doesn't. So tell us why should somebody work with a company like Hogue? Why why should somebody work with a professional landscape design and installation company? So I think the value that working with a company like ours is in going through, if you're going through the design process, right? So we do straight to install projects, um, certain dollar values. Uh, if there's things that, that, that don't require a master plan, we, we have that option for people as well. But if you're going the design route, a little planning goes a long way. And taking into account irrigation, we're licensed irrigators, uh, taking into account drainage, uh, all your hardscapes. You know, are you putting in sod, synthetic turf, the whole scope of the project when it's being implemented or phased in? Uh, maybe a client has a budget of a quarter million dollars, but they only want to spend $75,000 at a time or $50,000 a year for the next five years. If you don't plan that out properly and you put what should have gone in at year three, year one, then when you get to year two, now you got to tear out year one and all that money you would have saved by going with some two guys in a truck 
or whatever it may be is already out the window and now you're now you're in the hole right so a little bit of planning goes a long way and i mean our cost on a design we're talking 500 to 5000 dollars depending on the size the scope front yard backyard whole property you know what's all involved and when we're talking tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars for landscaping it's really a drop in the bucket that a little bit of cost up front can save you a ton of money on the back end. And I think that's, that's one of the main pieces of value that, that we bring to the market. Yeah. And, and, uh, a professional designer is going to know things about, um, by choosing the right plants oh, yeah. for the soil type, the climate zone, like how much, how much sun and shade you're getting on your property. Yes. Right? So, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy for me. I did not come from a landscaping background. I've got 12 years of you know, sales and business development, Houston, especially with the, you know, the change in climate uh, over the last several years, we've had, you know, hotter summers and more extreme freezes and winters. So now more than ever, is it important to have professionals who are conscious of those things and can plan for the right plant material? I mean, we're seeing more Eagleston hollies go in than ever before because they survived the freeze. Uh, you know, we're moving away for a lot of people are moving away from boxwoods and they're moving to dwarf yopons because of blight and some of the the sicknesses and illnesses that the boxwoods are susceptible to. There's all different all different things that to take into consideration and not just dig a hole, throw a plant in the ground and let it rip. It's what are we doing to the soil? Are we adding compost? Are we using all, you know, microlife organic fertilizer products? How are we helping to reintroduce organic material back into the soil that over the long term is going to help your garden thrive? Because the type of clients that we're working with, you know, they have us come in, spend all this money on an installation. And a lot of times we're maintaining it as well. And we want to do it right because if something dies, we're going to have to replace it. Right. right. Especially in that first year period. So the more, um, the more effort and the more work that's put in on the front end, doing it the right way, long-term, that's going to have such a great effect on the look of your home. That's one of the things that I see quite often with uh, kind of the, the cheaper guy or the guy working out of his truck or, or even builders who are often trying to do their own landscape work and not hire a professional. You'll see people come in and just, you know, not prepare the soil. You'll see like, uh, you know, pallets of sod just get laid straight on top clay. of the existing ground or the clay from the construction that got churned up or dump a thin layer of topsoil on top of the ground, drop the plants in there and call it a day. That's the MO for a lot of builders. Honestly. Certificate of occupancy. That's what they're after, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, three months later, the property looks like crap. Yeah. And I mean, if you're buying a multi-million dollar home, if you can afford that, you you can afford a little planning and, and forethought so that your property looks like it should. I mean, it's a beautiful home. Make sure it looks like a beautiful home. Now, unless you're going for some kind of like minimalistic, zero scape design, but again, that's not usually the, the, the reason yeah. that that kind of thing's happening. Even that stuff takes a lot of proper planning to, to execute. You know, it's like building a, a modern home, same thing. It's like the modern home might have way less in the way of trim details and clean walls and less ornamentation, but the, the work it takes to achieve that is significant. And the same thing with the, the minimalistic landscaping, you know, your, your drainage has to be planned out. You have to choose the right plants 100%. for the ones that you are installing that aren't going to die on you. So Yeah, no, I agree. And in and, and those kind of designs, like a, a super modern home or a minimalistic landscape, landscaping design, when there are mistakes, they stick out even more because there's not all this material there to, to hide the, the imbalances or hide the inaccuracies. And so again, it goes back to planning, really does. 
Is there any kind of like guideline cost that people should have in mind when they are planning landscaping for a project, like a percentage of the total value of the house or a cost per acre or per square foot of land or any kind of guideline number that, that you can use for planning? I would say usually what we say is about 10%. Now that's going to include irrigation, your drainage, your landscaping. If you want to throw a pool in there, uh, maybe ten to <laughs> maybe ten to fifteen percent because pools are are you know going through the roof. They could be ten percent or more yeah, on, on their own. Exactly yeah. right. So, um, but from a landscaping only perspective, you know, sands pool, I would say about ten percent. Now, obviously, there's some. There, of course, there's wiggle room there. You can do less. You can do more. But uh, generally, ten percent is kind of what we what we advise clients on. I mean, our average. Front yard total redo is about fifty thousand dollars, and same for a back backyard fifty to seventy five thousand dollars. But we do projects from a few thousand dollars all the way up to. We had one home last year. We did two point two million dollars in install at one property here in Houston on four acres. Oh, yeah, that was pretty special. <laughs> in those budgets, what are the big cost drivers? I think labor is always going to be a big component of that, right? It's probably our big our biggest expense in any construction project, but Let's just use a, a million dollar property for a nice uh, example, using your 10%, $100,000 worth of landscaping budget. What are the big cost drivers on spending $100,000? I mean, it, it really depends on the project. I mean, it's very, it's very similar to somebody that comes to a custom home builder and says, how much does it cost per square foot to build a house? Well, <laughs> exactly. what kind of house do you want? What, you know, how big a house? So what kind of finishes do you want? And, and landscaping's the same way. Do you want... $100,000 worth of plant material and fancy trees and that some, you know, you can get trees from 50 bucks all the way to tens of thousands of dollars, right? Or is it a majority of your budget is going to be eaten up because you want a concrete pad and a covered pergola and you want to do an outdoor kitchen with an entertainment space and a jumbotron television, right? It, it really all depends on what the client is trying to achieve, which again, goes back to what's so important about planning things out, talking with the clients about what it what is it that you want to utilize this space for? You know, when you come home and you want to go in the backyard, which we're seeing now more than any time that I've experienced, especially post-COVID, when everybody was home and they had to start living at home and enjoying these spaces, they realized, oh man, I want to, I want to do something different here. I don't really enjoy be, I want to be out here, but I don't really enjoy it. So they put a lot more thought into that. But everybody's so different, especially in a city like Houston. I mean, we've got people from all over, uh, all different backgrounds and cultures and preferences and, you know, whatever else it is. So I, you know, I want to answer the question, but I think it really just depends on what somebody is trying to achieve. Because if you're going to turf the whole backyard and put in a couple sports courts, well, irrigation is, is not a big consideration. Right. But if we're going to be creating tons of, of bed areas uh, with ground cover and, you know, seasonal color and shrubbery and trees and ivies and vines, irrigation is obviously going to play a, a huge factor in that. And then the drainage for all the, the irrigation runoff and the plant material, you know, everything that else is created. So it's really... Again, I, th I think it really comes down to the client's specific needs. Yeah. Because if you're going to have a, a Zen garden in the backyard where you're going to kind of go meditate and sit uh, versus maybe you're really into gardening and you want to spend a lot of time pruning roses and all that kind of stuff. That's that, that looks a lot different than somebody who just wants a place to hang out and watch football games. And a hundred percent. And also how much do you want to touch it yourself? Do you, do you want to maintain that stuff or do you want very low maintenance? We, we, a lot of times try, um, well, one, we try to design to a budget for a client. 
because you'll see clients. We, we get people that come in and say, Oh, I have a design. Can you bid it? Sure. Of course. We'd be happy to, we'd be happy to bid this design that you've gotten from a pure design firm that doesn't do installation. They don't do maintenance. They're just, you know, they're, they're a landscape architect or an independent designer. And we price it out and it's like, hey, this is going to be $150,000. Oh, well, I was thinking more like twenty five to 30000 And I'll ask people, well, what was the budget that you gave your designer? And they're just like, well, I didn't give them a budget. I just told them I wanted a really cool backyard. And I'm like, well, they made you a really cool backyard. It just happens to be a really cool backyard that costs $100,000. So then we go from there and we can try to work with someone to, you know, value engineer. Do we go from 100 gallon trees down to 65 or 30 gallons, knowing that it's going to take so many years for them to achieve the look that you were planning for initially? Or do we not plant things maybe as densely or we remove this section over here? I mean, there's things we can do to work with that. But again, could have saved a lot of time and effort and money by planning that out properly. And I think that's where a company like ours with since we're involved in every step of the process, when we're designing something, we're not only thinking about the installation, but we're thinking about how maintainable is this? You know, if we're going to have to maintain it and we're creating problems for ourselves, that's a, that's a whole separate issue. So if, it, if we're creating a garden that we're going to maintain, we may design that a little differently than, like you said, if somebody's a, a green thumb and they just want to spend time pruning roses, there, there's differences there. I think a lot of that budget can also get eaten up by the things that I call the non-sexy stuff your drainage, your irrigation. A big issue that we're having in Houston right now is underground detention storage. So a lot of a $100,000 budget can get sucked up just in the stuff that you're never going to see that you're not going to get to enjoy, right? Yeah. I mean, let's talk about underground retention, detention. Uh, the city is becoming so more, so much more strict with that. And I think that working with a company like ours that that knows all the requirements, like what Ropo wants and what West U requires. And, you know, you could spend a quarter million dollars on a storm tech system for underground retention, detention. And, you know, if you, if you come into a project thinking, well, I want to do all this for X amount of money, you could blow through it just on the retention, detention, because the cost for these arc chamber systems. Now, where, what other option do you have other than putting in what, like corrugated metal pipe, but I mean, there's just so many things that so many variable factors that go into these designs that the unsexy things, as you say, can they can eat up a lot of the budget for sure. Talk about how the uh, existing conditions of the property can also affect cost. I think people have a misconception where they're like, I already have some landscaping in place. They're like, I already have a flower bed. Why Can't. do you need to bring in so soil? <laughs> I'm like, uh, have you seen the soil in Houston? It's <laughs> it's basically clay. Yeah, I think that existing condition, a lot of time, there's, very rarely do we come in and somebody has immaculate soil that's been utilizing organic fertilizers for the past 10 years and they're composting and adding topsoils. And a lot of time, that's what we're having to do is really overhaul the flower beds or the landscaping to prepare it for all of this new growth and, you know, long-term success. Um, when we're, we're not just coming in to drop things in and leave, we want to help people transform their landscapes, transform their homes, and make a plan for the, you know, for the long term, as long as they're going to be in that home and enjoy that space. I think a lot of times what we see is, especially in like 1950s homes where 
nothing major has been done with the yard in 50, 70 years, whatever, is that soil has just been, well, first of all, it was played to begin with. It was never prepared 50 or 70 years ago. And then it's just been compacted and compacted over the years. You'll see like the yards with a lot of bare spots in them. The, the soil is just, it's not getting any air. It's not breathing. It's not getting good drainage. And so really you have to kind of just strip off that whole top layer before you can even start, go back, place the right kind of soil mix it in right yeah i mean when we go to late you know we get calls all the time from companies that say hey i want you to come out and do my new commercial property and i want you to lay the grass and i'm like look man i'm I'm happy to do it but you're not going to want to pay what it costs because what it costs to do it the right way is not what companies are charging from a commercial perspective to lay grass they do what you said is there's clay on the ground and they literally just go out and drop it on the ground well yeah anybody with with a truck can just take sod and throw it on the floor but is it going to survive is it going to thrive is it going to look beautiful no no it's not it's coming in and scraping off you know one or two inches of topsoil and then backfilling with a compost and a, and a, and a fertilizer that, you know, organic fertilizer, putting the grass down, rolling over the top of it. I mean, there's like a multi-step process and that's just for, that's just for laying sod and it, and it, and it's the same across the board for plant materials. Okay. Are you planting that type of plant at the right height? Are you covering up the root ball? Is your mulch right against the trunk of the tree? Are, are we creating issues where illnesses and bacterias and, and different funguses can get into the, the trees. You know, there's all these different things that most people just don't think of. Heck, I didn't think about it a year ago when I wasn't in this space. I didn't know about any of those things. But the longer I'm in this, this field, the more I realize working with somebody who is truly an expert and has, you know, years and years of knowledge to draw from, that adds a lot of benefit. I mean, me personally, I don't have years of knowledge, but Matthew, our owner, he's been in this business 20 years. Uh, one of our, our uh, staff members, Carl, he's been in this business for 40 years. Jody, who is our director of maintenance, um, she runs our entire maintenance program and all of our irrigation department. Uh, she's been in this industry for 25 years, former president of the TNLA in, in, in a certain region. And uh, so we have a, a wealth of knowledge base to draw from as, as a company. And I think that brings, brings a lot of value. So let's change gears just a little bit. Sure. What are some landscaping and outdoor living features today that are popular that you guys are seeing a lot? And what are some also, what are some easy kind of value add-on items that people might not think about? Well, one, especially in the city of Houston, you know, last year we had the drought and the city told people, hey, you got to stop watering while well, your grass dies. And after two or three times of replacing sod, a lot of people are like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. So synthetic turf is something that we're seeing a huge, huge growth in, for demand in within that area, pavers. You know, people, people want the synthetic turf, but then they also want a, a patio, but they don't want a full concrete poured patio. So they'll do two by two or three by three pavers in a, like a diamond pattern or a, a checkerboard pattern with the synthetic turf. And, and we see that a lot lately. And same, you could do the same thing with black star gravel or silver mist or some type of gravel with pavers in between, but that that paver look is very very popular right now. What are some easy things that that people can add on to a project that add a lot of value? You know, I mean, I I think the turf is a great thing. I mean, that's something that's going to cost you more upfront to do, but it it might save you in the long run having to to replace, right? Yeah, I mean, well, one, you're not watering it. Two, you're not mowing it. 
So those are two cost savers right there. Now people say, oh, it's maintenance free. That's not true. There is a envirofill is like an antimicrobial polymer sand that gets added into the turf after it's brushed up. That serves a few purposes. One, it helps to weigh down the turf because it's effectively carpet and it helps to support the blades within the turf. And then also it is antimicrobial. So when you have pets go into the bathroom or, you know, it is a plastic product that's outdoors and there's, there's humidity. So there is a potentiality for bacteria. This helps to mitigate all, all of those things that you add in maybe once a year, you know, you backfill it a little bit. Um, but again, that's about the, the extent of the maintenance on something like that. And your cost up front, you're looking at maybe three, three to four times the initial investment. But after about a five-year period, you're at the break-even point. And then the, the turf itself is warrantied for like 15 or 16 years, depending on the manufacturer against like sun fading and things like that. So long-term, yeah, you're looking at significant cost savings in the long-term. What other um, items are kind of popular add-ons or or things that are in vogue right now that you that you guys are seeing a lot of. I mean, we we see all kinds of crazy things. Um, I've got a house right now in Westview that we're putting in a six person barrel sauna. It's a nine foot by seven foot barrel sauna, and then they have a ice ice bath, like a plunge tank that generates its own ice. Um, obviously, outdoor kitchens pergolas are huge right now. Every you know whether it's a, a wooden pergola or a aluminum prefabricated pergolas, uh, just Really, again, it, it depends on what the client wants. We're seeing a lot of different pickleball courts. Uh, we used to do a lot more basketball courts. Now we've had three or four pickleball courts, I think, in the last six to nine months. That seems to be very popular. Pickleball is very trendy these days. Mm-hmm. I think the uh, the multi-use sport courts are popular, too, where they can have a, a basketball goal for the kids. They can put up the pickleball net for yep. for mom and dad or Absolutely. badminton or whatever. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of conversions, too, where people... They're going to resurface their basketball court or they have the, you know, there's like a modular tile system that kind of raises the court up from the concrete and they're tearing that out and they're turning it into like a multi-court surface. So we're, we're seeing that as well. People actually play badminton anymore. I'm not sure why I said badminton, but. <laughs> Way to date yourself. <laughs> so um, what does it cost for somebody to work with uh, Hogue on doing uh, their design side of things? What do you guys charge for design? Yeah. And it, of course, that, that depends it on depends. What, what's, the, yeah, <laughs> but what's the scope of the project. I would say anywhere from $500 to $5,000, and that's not including CDs, construction drawing. If there's construction drawings that are needed, we usually charge like 5 to 10% of the cost of the, the proposal for the creation of those engineered drawings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, from a from purely a design perspective, we're talking 500 to, to $5,000. That, that depends, again, on scope. I think like with all other professional design services, and this, this, this conversation has a great pe- parallel with our other architects and interior designers sure. that we've had on the show, spending that money up front is going to come back to you in the long run. It can actually save you money in the long run. Easily. As we talked about choosing something that's going to last and and work in our climate zone or coming up with a plan that can be phased out with a two, five, 10 year plan as you have the funds available or just by making sure that you have the best looking yard in the neighborhood and winning yard of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, a little planning goes a long way just with something as simple as planting and irrigation, taking everything else out of the equation. You put your irrigation in first and then you go into plant and it's not exactly where everything needs to be. Now you got to go back and make modifications. If you're working with licensed irrigators, uh, they're not cheap. Um, they're, you know, they're licensed professionals. It takes time to earn that 
licensing and they charge accordingly. So again, a little planning goes a long way. And usually if somebody's apprehensive, I mean, we get it. Why should I have to pay for a design? Well, I mean, we're professionals. We're helping you through this process. We're going to help you create a plan of action because we don't want to double spend your money. You know, we tell people that all the time. We, we want to spend your money like it's our money. And I like spending my money once. I don't like spending it twice. So uh, whatever we can do to help people through the process and make sure it's a smooth one and an enjoyable experience, you know? All right. I think we're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Um, tell us if people want to work with you guys, how they get in touch with, with Hogue. And, you know, so give us your website and social medias and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So our website is uh, www.hogueels for landscape services. So that's hogueels.com. You can call our office 713-360-6924. And also we're on pretty much every social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We post like five times a week on Instagram, five times a week on Facebook, and three or four times a week on Instagram. Um, that's at Hogue Landscape. We would love to love to have people reach out and help them with their their landscaping needs. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been it's been great talking to you. Yeah, man, I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having us out. And uh, thank you all for watching and listening to us on the Your Project Shepherd podcast. Good landscape design fits right in with our house diagram that we always talk about on the show. That foundation is proper planning. The left wall is your team. The right wall is communication, and the roof protecting it all is proper execution. Have all four of those components in place, and your project is going to succeed. We'll see you next time on the Your Project Shepherd podcast. Mm -hmm.